our nation's Christian heritage have caused many people to believe that they're saved when they're truly not. They have a head knowledge of Christ, but they have no true heart knowledge. They've never personally cried out to Jesus Christ in life-saving faith. We're not in bondage to anyone. And if we were saying those words to the Lord Jesus today, would he respond? I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round, and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're going to look at a passage I titled Free Indeed, and I took it from the text itself. If the Son, we just sang this, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. John 8, 36. And today we're going to see if the Son makes you free. John chapter 8, verses 30 through 36. If you were Abraham's children, verses 37 through 40. If God were your father, verses 41 through 47. And if anyone keeps my word, verses 48 through 59. So we have a lot of iffy stuff going on here. If the Son makes you free, if you were Abraham's children, if God were your father, and if anyone keeps my word. John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And so we're going to look at that right now in verses 30 through 36. I'm going to read it for the context, and then we'll say a prayer and get into God's word. Verse 30 says, As he spoke these words, many people believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will make us free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the Son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that you have given us this morning. I pray, Father, that you would bless the teaching of this word this morning. Bless our hearts, Lord, to receive from you. Father, to give me the words to speak, but also, Lord, through your empowering of your Holy Spirit, give us ears that we might hear what the Spirit is saying to the church 
This church, we pray this day in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And we find that at the beginning of this chapter, verses 1 through 29, that as he spoke the words that we studied in our previous study, many people believed in him. And Jesus responded to them, verse 31, that to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. If you abide, it's a word in the Greek, it's mino in the Greek. And it's a word that means to remain, to continue, and of course, to abide. Uh, The Bauer's Greek-English lexicon describes this Greek word like this. Of someone who does not leave the realm or sphere in which he finds himself in. I was thinking about that this morning as I was looking over my notes before the service and thinking about abiding in Christ, that I had really never drifted from the Lord. I never walked away in a sense of I haven't been to church in a year or two. That never occurred in my life. I've always been near to the Lord. I've always had this desire to stay close to Jesus, to stay in his word, to stay close to his people, to fellowship in churches. And I believe that we get in danger when we begin to remove ourselves from God's people, God's church, from his word, and we begin to drift. And Jesus tells these Jews who believed in him the importance of abiding. It's if you abide in my words, you are my disciples. And Christians who abide in Jesus's word, his teachings are his disciples, his followers. And it's as we abide in Jesus that we come to know the truth. And he says this truth will set us free. In John 17, 17, Jesus will pray in his great priestly prayer, sanctify them by your truth and your word is truth. And so the importance of God's word, it's not just knowing what the Bible says about sin or knowing what the Bible says about God's plan for salvation. It is becoming a believer in Jesus Christ. It's it's not just having a head knowledge. You got to have that heart knowledge. You have to receive the truth as we have behind me our believe and receive. You got to believe in God. You got to believe in the work of Jesus Christ, but you also have to receive it into your heart to bring you into fellowship with the Lord. John would write again about abiding with Jesus in 1 John 4, 13, where he said, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So not only just abiding in God's word that we know that we're the children of God, but through abiding in the word of God, abiding in Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us in all truth. And this truth, he says, will set us free in verses 33 through 36. Now they cried out, we're Abraham's descendants. Then they said, which I I just think is hilarious because they were in bondage to Rome when they said these words. They said, we have never been in bondage to anyone. They were not a free people. They were not able to worship God totally as they felt. In fact, uh, you hear, historically, you might hear about the old Jerusalem and Antonio's fortress 
And there was a fortress that was built by the Romans that they could actually look into the Temple Mount area to see what was going on, to see what the Jews were doing on top of Mount Moriah. And they would put banners and stuff to try to block the view of the Romans. They didn't know true freedom, but as physical descendants or physical offspring, children of Abraham, many of the Jews of Jesus's day thought that they knew the truth. They said, we're Abraham's descendants. And yet their knowledge was that head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. In Psalm 51, 6, it tells us, Behold, you, God, you desire truth in the inward parts. In the hidden parts, you make me to know wisdom. They had a, a head knowledge of their culture, their history. They knew uh, as a descendant of Father Abraham, but they had no heart knowledge, as Jesus will point out as we continue on in our text. But then they claimed we have never been in bondage to anyone. And we know clearly that they were in, in bondage to Rome because Rome was ruling over their nation at that time. But Jesus points out that they were also in bondage to sin, that they were slaves to sin. And in Romans 6, 16, Paul wrote, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one's slaves in whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. They were enslaved to their sin and they did not know it. They thought they were free. And as slaves, they didn't know true freedom. They didn't know the true freedom that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. In Romans 8, 2, Paul would write, And the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus, who has made me free from the law of sin of death. It's Jesus who sets us free. And here we find in America, we have many freedoms. And no doubt many of our freedoms have led a lot of people to a sense of entitlement. We see that throughout our nation. And it's also caused a lot of people to overlook the bondage that we have to sin. And maybe even to indulge in that bondage. We've been set free. Jesus will forgive me. Moreover, our nation's Christian heritage has caused many people to believe that they're saved when they're truly not. They have a head knowledge of Christ, but they have no true heart knowledge. They've never personally cried out to Jesus Christ in life-saving faith. It could be that some might claim that, hey, we're descendants of the pilgrims. And we're Washington's descendants. We're Americans. We're not in bondage to anyone. And if we were saying those words to the Lord Jesus today, would he then come back to us and respond? I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Don't you want to be a son of Christ? Don't you want to be a daughter of Christ? Hey, there's one thing that my children knew, especially our son who was in rebellion for a number of years. He was always our son. We didn't always agree with the stuff that he was doing. And sometimes we weren't willing to help him continue in the bondage that he had found himself in. We weren't going to enable him, but he was always our son. And that is true 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those who cry out in faith in Jesus Christ that a son abides forever, a daughter abides forever and true children of God. They have been set free through faith in Jesus Christ. But also we find they're crying out for children of Abraham and Jesus responded back. If you were Abraham's children, let's look at that in verses 37 through 40. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. So they cried out that we're Abraham's children. And I find it interesting that Jesus said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. He actually used a different Greek word here to distinguish children from descendants. The Greek word that is found here, it's translated as seed. It's translated as something sown. It means offspring or a remnant. But he did not call them children. I know that you are descendants. Tekna is the Greek word for child. He didn't call them the children of Abraham. He called them descendants of Abraham because they were not true children. They had a different heart than their father, Abraham. They'd had a different heart than he who had begotten them, we might say, so many years before. And Jesus acknowledged their heritage, but did not equate them to being true children of Abraham. You remember in Scripture that the Bible tells us Abraham had two sons. One was the son of the free. One was the son of a bondwoman. As it says in Galatians 4, verses 22 and 23, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one of a bondwoman, the other of a free woman. But he who is of the bondwoman is born according to the flesh, and he who is of the free woman through promise. Like Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman, Abraham's son, but still a son of bondage, the unbelieving Jews had been born according to the flesh of Abraham, but they were not true sons. They sought to kill Jesus. They sought to kill Jesus, who truly honored his father. They sought to kill the one who spoke to them the truth of God's word. They couldn't see the truth because their eyes had been blinded by their own hatred of the truth of God's word. They loved being descendants of Abraham, but they no longer loved being children of God. Jesus and the unbelieving Jews, they had two different fathers. He said the father of Jesus is God, while the father of the unbelieving Jews was, is, well, those who do not believe the father of them is Satan. He would come out and say it plainly. And again, we find this conflict in Paul's writing in Romans 9, 6 through 8, where Paul said, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children because they are of the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is, those who are children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted as the seed. Those who just have a fleshly connection, just because your mom and dad 
uh, believed in Jesus Christ and went to church were faithful to the Lord. Just because they were Christian, it does not make the children Christian. We have to accept Jesus Christ individually. Make a personal relationship with him. And so they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, verse 39, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth. And I love it that he said at the very end of verse 40, Abraham did not do this. There was a clear distinction between what Abraham did, how he conducted himself when he heard the word of God, and what these unbelieving Jews were doing in Jesus' day. They were not Abraham's children. Technon in the Greek, a, a child or children. John the Baptist had warned them because they had fruitless lives. He had warned them in Matthew 3, verses 8 and 9, to not claim Abraham as their father, where he said, Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think or say of yourselves that we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children from these stones. And just because we might have a lineage or a heritage of faith somewhere in our past, it doesn't make us true children of God. The same was true for the children of Israel of Jesus' day. Abraham's true children would have done the work of Abraham. They would have been fruit-bearing. It would have been obvious by the fruit that they, they bore in their lives. Jesus said in Matthew seven sixteen through 18, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but even bad tree will bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. You know by the fruits. You can just tell. And sometimes you can just tell. You can tell believers that you may not even know one another, but by your conduct, by your actions, by your kindness. Several years back, changing an elderly woman's tire over in Lake Villa, who had a blowout in front of me, and I kind of stayed behind her until she got safely off the road. And then once she pulled into a parking lot, I went ahead and changed out her tire and not even announcing. I didn't open my truck door and say, hello, woman, I'm pastor of Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa. I'm here to change your tire. I didn't do any of that. I just kind of got out and asked if she had a spare. She said she did. And I went to work, I changed the tire. But there was conversation taking place, and, and she asked, are you a Christian? She saw something in the conduct that caused her to know that I was a follower of Jesus Christ. And that should be true. We shouldn't have to advertise it to let people know. Now, sometimes it's good to advertise. The other day I was talking to Lily on the phone, driving uh, through Lake Villa, and one of the uh, builders in our community knows me and he pulled up next to me and he honked his horn while I was on the phone to Lily and I rolled down the window I told her who it was and he says I never know who you are until you drive by back in my truck Jesus is the way the truth and the life 
It's pretty obvious by the advertisement that I have on the back of my vehicle. But I'll let people know in that fashion, that's fine. But they should know it by your works, not by your bumper stickers, though you may have them, not by your Christian t-shirts, though you may wear them. And in fact, if you have the sticker on the back of your vehicle or the front of your vehicle, if you have the t-shirt on, you better watch how you're conducting yourselves in this world. You want to be a good example. So Abraham's true children, they would have done the works of Abraham. They would have been fruit bearers. Abraham's true children would have willingly heard the word of God and those who proclaimed it. In John 3.33, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Those who receive the testimony, you certify, you verify God is true. And although the Christian faith, it's part of the heritage of the United States, just because we've been born in America or have come to America to live, it does not make us Christian. True faith only comes when each individual receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, as the Lord and Savior of their life. Being a descendant does not automatically make us children. True children of God always walk in the truth of God's word. And we next see, if God were your father, verses 41 through 47, read it for context, you do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and I came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, and you do not hear because you are not of God. The Lord is speaking truth into their hearts, and they're rebelling against it. So they begin to accuse him falsely of things. Remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night? He said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus, although at that point not truly a believer, he recognized there was something unique about Jesus. He recognized Jesus' origins, saying, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul gives us a clue of why some people just, they don't understand God's word. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That there's a work of the Holy Spirit that helps us understand the truth of God's word. And those who love Jesus, well, they recognize that he came from God. 
They're willing to hear his words and doing so they understand his teachings. But they had the desire of their father. And here Jesus makes clear distinction. It is my hope that you've chosen to believe Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. It's only through Jesus that we can be set free. And because we are set free, he tells us, not only are we free indeed, but we shall not see death. And that means that we may die physically. We shall live forevermore in heaven's glory with our Savior, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for what it teaches us. And help us, Lord, to be true children, Lord, children of faith. Because of the work, Jesus, you have done on the cross, we open our hearts to you now to receive from you, Lord, this very hour, that which you would have for us. If there are those, Lord, who have never received you as Savior, I pray that they would do that this day. And for those of us, Lord, who are your children, help us, Lord, to abide and to remain and to walk in your ways always, that, Lord, we would have fruit that would show that we are children of God. And it's my prayer for us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847 265 0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.